0: Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome to the first podcast here um, at FBA Central Overcutters. Um, tonight, we're just gonna be doing a introductory uh, session where we go over kind of our uh, story and how we've uh, become sellers and gotten to where we are now. Um, I'm here with uh, Maze Asens, Joe uh, Minaj, and Forgotten, a co-owner here with us at FBA Central. Um, so, a little bit to start us off, I started uh, reselling on Amazon um, last September, November, last September, October. And so since then I've averaged out to, um, I don't know the exact numbers, a little bit over 60 K since last year. Um, I've really, I took my uh, foot off the gas for a little bit. Um, kind of focused the group here. Uh, gotten everything together for you all. Um, since then I've really amped it up and gotten back to things, but, um, a little bit about the group itself. Uh, we offer everything to you all from gods from the very beginning of your Amazon adventure to you know we have leads for you all every day that you all can you know start your businesses up on. Um we have support in every venture that you need. Um ungates, hunters of Un-Gates, anything that you really need from you know any section of Amazon, we have it here for you. But yeah, um I'll kick it over to Joe, kind of uh, explain his story and everything now.
1: Yeah, so um, yeah, my name's Joe. I started uh, Amazon about 15 months ago. I was doing mostly books. So I was going to thrift stores, hustling, scanning, you know, all that stuff. And I also sold a little bit of toys. So, you know, it was like, it's a pretty much easy beginner, you know, there's not much gating with books and yeah. toys. So yeah, that's, that's pretty much how I got started. And then um, sold a bunch of toys, Q4, saw how powerful Amazon can be. So I ended up dropping out of my uh, graduate program for accounting. I mean, I really didn't like accounting to begin with. So uh, yeah, so I took a chance to go in full-time, uh, hit 20K in January, and then the business kind of just took a life of its own. And uh, I'm at about 600,000 in 2022. Hopefully we'll hit a million I've been trying to pace it out. I got to do like 250 in, in December, which is possible. So, yeah. So, yeah. Now we're doing all online arbitrage and a little bit of wholesale, um, mostly beauty, grocery, apparel, household, anything that makes me money, basically. But yeah. So I'm excited to be a part of the podcast, and uh, I'm going to take it over to Minaj now. Hey guys, my
2: name is Minaj. Uh, let's just say, let's start from the top. I've been selling on Amazon for a little bit over a year. Uh, I just started taking it seriously about five months ago and I've done about 40,000 in revenue since then. Um, I just kind of do this alongside my day job as a software developer, but I recently joined FBA central as a server manager. Um, and I've just been kind of working with, uh, Matt in expanding the services we provide and just kind of learning how to scale my own business at the same time. And that's just to keep it short and sweet, I guess. Um, I'll throw it to Travis.
3: All right, thanks. Um, So I'm Travis or Forgotten on Discord. I've been on Amazon probably five years now, but heavily FBA just starting this year, maybe like January, February. Um, Really got into it because of Matt or Remember, as you know, I'm on Discord. Um, We kind of hit it off and decided that we should go our own way. And when we grow, everybody grows and provide something for a little bit of insight. Um, So we're just trying to build a community here together, the four of us, and provide something
0: beneficial to the family. I don't know if you want to pick it back up, Matt. Yeah, for sure. Um, So a little bit about, let's just kick it off and talk about in general, like everybody's uh, Q4 that we're having so far. Um, How's everyone's sales doing? Are we ramping up any, um, is everything kind of taking off for you guys so far this Q4?
1: Yeah, the volume has been picking up significantly. Like last month, I noticed kind of a slowdown after, you know, I mean, it was pretty busy August because of back to school and stuff like that. So yeah, I mean pretty much the volume is almost doubled. I'm um, going to have a record month hopefully. It's hopefully pacing for like 120,000 this month. Pretty decent margins as well, so yeah, this um, my goal for November is to hit about 150 and then 250 in December, so it's possible, you know. I mean, I've been buying like crazy this month, so Yeah. What's your
0: buying looking like, you know, like uh, this month so far. What
1: would you say? What's your buying looking like so far this month? Uh, close to a hundred thousand so far. So, I yeah, spend- I, mean, I so did. A, I did a lot of holiday buys too, like Legos and stuff like that as well. So it's adding to the spend. But you're gonna try to do like one one hundred one ten to finish the month out. So
2: right on. Q four is the best time to uh, test your <laughs> what's it called replan limits, I guess, since you know you're gonna you're gonna do much so much more volume.
1: Yeah. The restock <laughs> restock limits are gonna kind of mess me up though. So I mean, it's a it's a chance to do more FBM, mm-hmm. which is a definitely a big opportunity for everyone if they you know want to increase their revenue after that that FBA cutoff, which I believe is coming up soon. I mean, yeah. you could get away with sending it a little bit later, but you know, if you you send it by like December first, you know, that's not likely gonna check in. So. Yeah, Yeah. so that's when the opportunity of FBM really comes up clutch and you could really, you know, add an extra like 30, 40% in revenue just because of FBM.
2: I feel like I've been doing the opposite where I'm still sending in my like high margin items as replens in my little niche, but I'm also trying to, I'm using the Q4 to kind of learn how to source better outside of the niche. And I know Matt's been helping me a lot with that. And (laughs) it's just been, uh, I don't think I'll hit the volumes as other people this Q4, but I'll be very well prepared for next year. I'll yeah, still, that, I
1: think uh,
2: I'll still clear probably like 10k at least in November. Like I'm not that high as everybody else. Yes, but I'm just making my way there.
1: Yeah. That's the biggest thing is like feeling out, you know, getting your first experience in. It's okay to not go too crazy. Because mm-hmm. I feel like if you push the <laughs> button and you don't know, it, you maybe, you know, you don't have enough experience with how Q4 works and yeah. you could end up making some bad buys and, can end up hurting you so
2: yeah like as a new seller even if it's q4 you don't want to be afraid to send stuff in because you think it'll tank or it'll fail or whatever because that's how you test the waters and that's how you kind of learn
1: oh no q4 the volume is so crazy that i mean i feel like tanking i can already notice a lot of things that tanked or recovering and you know there's just so much demand that things are going to be selling for more i mean if you really look at like a pass keep a chart for any kind of product you'll see in December, if, as long as it's like giftable, you'll Mm -hmm. see like the buy box will get raised compared to like the lowest FBA. So, you know, there's, there's less risk in Q4. So I'm just saying like, don't go, you know, beyond what you don't know, maybe in Q4, like let's say you've never sold Legos before. Don't go spending like 30, 40 K on Legos, but like, you know, if you if you're in your niche, double down your niche. Like that's the type of thing I'm saying to do. I think it's the best way.
2: Yeah, I mean, with that said, I guess I should go look at my SKUs and add twenty
1: percent. <laughs> yeah, I mean, honestly, add double. It depend. It depends. You gotta check. You gotta check the category. Like if it's, let's say, it's a vitamin. Like the vitamin's not gonna sell that much more in December, you know. Yeah. But if it's like a T-shirt or whatever, anything that can get in a gift box, it's probably gonna sell double. So christmas presents are underrated yeah i mean almost everything can become a christmas present like these like there's like like, makeup out there i'm sure that's getting gifted. oh yeah no doubt yeah exactly it's not just toys you know
2: i think it's become more apparent like at least on the twitter space where people are putting more emphasis on like makeup and groceries is what i've seen recently
1: for q4 just in general yeah. Well, grocery is just a great way for someone to get started, you know, because your mistakes are lower cost. And, you know, I mean, you usually you're getting it from like Walmart or Target or whatever. You can easily yeah. turn it if, if you made a mistake buying it or whatever, you bought the wrong thing. So yeah, I mean, just the easy way. To, that's how I pretty much got started with LA. It was mostly grocery. And once you get on
3: it everything else falls in line. I
1: yeah, mean there's exactly. a few
3: there's a few that are proud of their product, like Quaker, that you have to get invoices for, but most of the time it's all auto un-gates.
1: Yeah, that was and, another thing. Like once you get the category, the whole, pretty much the whole category was ungated already. True.
3: I mean, as far as Q4 goes, if you're confident in your buying ability, I mean, the check in times are, might be a little bit longer. I think some people are waiting three weeks. I've, waited a month on some of mine, but if you're confident in your buying power, you can outlast that amount of time and not be worried about um, prices dropping. So you'll still, you'll still be sending in profitable products, but you just might have to wait a little bit longer for them to sell. That's
1: true. Yeah, well, I don't think a tank is gonna last as long, especially if it's giftable, like I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Just When man. that happens, you just look at the volume as well. Yeah, obviously it depends. I mean, gotta watch it closely, especially if it's a giftable type of product, like a toy or something. You know, you want to get rid of that by like mid-January. I mean, some of these toys will still sell pretty well after just after twenty fifth. Of course, you want to get
2: you want to get rid of them before that uh, extended return policy ends. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh yeah, that too. Yeah, that I didn't even sell like too crazy last year, and that that was really annoying getting a bunch of returns on January 31st. I recently made the mistake.
2: I was selling these, (laughs) I was selling these bulbs and uh, my supplier sent me the wrong kind, but I just assumed they were correct. So that was my fault for not checking. And then I started selling them and I'm getting like return after return after return. I'm like, what the hell's going on? Mm -hmm. So I had to
1: recall all of them and return them. (laughs) Yeah. That's the biggest thing is we got to test these products. Especially with the Amazon customers, they're very like typical. Like they want the exact thing. So if the packaging is off or whatever, it's brand. Let's say if they change the packaging, and yeah, you know, you you gotta definitely test it if the packaging is changed because like you never know if there's gonna be some Karens out there having a, oh. having a heart attack because their their product's the same but it looks a little different. That's why I like those listings that say uh, packaging may vary. Yeah, I think you have to add that when you create the listing. I don't even know how to create a listing though.
2: I tried creating one, but they wouldn't let me.
1: Yeah, that's. I think that's what happened when I tried to create one as well. They're
2: too. Uh, well, it's probably for everyone's own benefit, but they're too uh, strict on that. Because oh, yeah, you could well, make you could make it, and <clears throat> then they could review it and then just say no. But it's just so annoying to deal with.
1: Yeah, well, sometimes you have to be the brand or whatever. You have to like the brand's permission or whatever. It's like
2: at that point, you get so frustrated, you just go
1: into private label. I'm thinking about it. Oh yeah. Yeah, next year maybe.
2: Oh yeah, I think we discussed that earlier this year when you were on the RFBA Central call. Yeah,
1: I'm think I said like longer term, but I'm thinking sooner rather than later. Yeah, because we were discussing like all the OA stuff. Sorry, go ahead, Matt.
2: Is that just because like
0: all the price thinking,
1: uh, Joe, or like what's the... Um, I mean, process? I do want to do, I think like a mix of private label wholesales, pretty solid way to go. So like you can make separate accounts because it's a different type of business. So, I mean, I probably do wholesale OA on one account and try to start a private label on a separate account. Just because like, I don't know, like <laughs> my VAs, like they took a course and now they're like, we should start a private label brand. We should like... You know what, like maybe it's a maybe it's not a bad idea. I don't know. I mean, they got trained on how to like find products, so they could definitely help me out with that, like for a private label. But if I did do it, I would get a a course from from someone who's like pretty, you know, well established in the private label space. I would not the course not a course, like a coaching program. I would easily pay that whatever one, two K for that. The VAs want it on the ground level.
2: It's worth it just to not
0: have to take that risk
1: yeah well if you're taking a risk like that you're better off doing it right because yeah. like a lot of these people will just jump into private label and not know anything about it and you're looking help. at okay is it at mm-hmm. least to get one uh, good a good good coaching program no no, no. like a,
0: a product cost oh
1: $10K. i mean you need more money so like it'd probably be like a 10k investment for me if i did do it yeah because what's it called you
2: have to talk to different like manufacturers and then you have to order yeah. like the samples and then you also have to account for whether or not you change the what's it called type of product you're going to sell.
1: <clears throat> yeah. There's, there's a lot that goes into it, but I feel like it'd be exciting to, you know, have something that's my own. And also, you know, like these brands, some of these brands don't want us to sell the product and stuff, and it's just the pain in the ass that it's making me think maybe I should just, you know, diversify and start my own as well.
2: I I Keep remember I remember you were saying how you were going to let your VAs focus more on the OA aspect while you kind of explored your PL or like wholesale options, but it looks like they hit
1: you with like a reverse UNL. <laughs> I mean, I have one of them cause she's like the one I've had for like six months and probably going to promote her to like a management position. Mm-hmm. And yeah, she's doing like wholesale stuff, like trying to find brands. It's just been so busy with Q4. There's just, there's so many buying opportunities. Uh, it's just been so hard to... I've done a little bit of wholesale so far. I've gotten a couple of ASINs, but you know, it's, it's hard to go full dive, head dive in when you're trying to capitalize on OA. Right yeah. Now.
2: I was listening to another podcast earlier this week and the dude was like a seven-figure wholesaler. Uh, he said you only need like seven or eight actual accounts that you get like really personal oh, yeah. with. And then from that point forward, you're probably
1: set. It's a numbers game, so I mean, yeah. you could apply to like a hundred brands, but if you get three, four brand direct accounts, you're gonna be able to generate, you know, a pretty decent amount of revenue. So, yeah. But like out of like these hundred brands, ninety-seven of them are probably gonna tell you to go fuck yourself. So, but yeah,
2: probably because like we're all. Coming at them from the same perspective.
1: Well, well, a lot of them don't really want um, like online. So, so, some of these brands, I just don't think have like realized that like e-commerce is the way that's going to. It's definitely going to keep growing. I mean, you could see the numbers; it's grown year over year, every single year, even in a recession. Yeah. So. Yeah. I- and, they're blind to that and they're kind of just old school where they want you to have like a brick and mortar or whatever, like the, we only sell to retail stores or whatever, or we only, some of these brands, I mean, I respect their decision. They're trying to work with like Walmart or Target solely. That's kind of a response I've gotten before, but yeah. Do
0: you think uh, think brand restrictions for like on gating, like that'll get harder to get into certain brands over time? Or I think we're kind of already seeing that a little bit. um, like tightening up their restrictions to get you know to sell their brand
1: you saying like ungating or yeah just like brands in general
0: yeah ungating in general like on amazon
1: i mean yeah i think they're getting a little more stricter with ungating but it i mean i don't know it depends as long as you have a proper invoice you'll you'll get an ungate but
0: yeah have you got invited to to hazmao
1: no not yet it's very frustrating. I want I want to get into hazmat, but they don't give you any space anyway. So
0: yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, super small space. Like I don't know what it's. Uh, I think it's five by four or something like that. it's Super.
1: Yeah, I don't even think I don't know how many units that would even be. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Probably nothing oh. or like twenty units. <laughs> I wonder how much, how many sellers each of the centers
2: even allows. If the space is that small, right? Um, because if they're because they're storing it, so they have to store X amount of people's hazardous goods, dangerous goods, whatever. So they probably have like some kind of safety requirement there.
1: They probably have like a separate facility, just for hazmat. I would believe. I can see that. Uh, yeah.
0: But, uh, separate facilities
1: for sure. I
2: like those many, uh, little products that are still dangerous goods, but you can still FBA them.
1: What are you What kind of products?
2: They're still dangerous goods, but like if you run them through the checker, like the ASIN checker on Amazon seller mm-hmm. site, you can still FBA some of them.
1: Didn't know that. That's interesting. But the only thing you have to keep
2: in mind is recently Amazon, um, added a new requirement that if you're sending in dangerous goods or hazmat, you actually have to stick that. You, you have to stick that label that says like the battery symbol on it that could catch fire
1: mm-hmm.
2: before, I guess they didn't care, but now they're making it mandatory.
1: And do you have to, you have to ship it separately. Like you can't go through, like you have to pay. Uh, it's not partnership rate. Like I think you have to ship it through USPS or something. No, I nice sent mine selling. through UPS. Okay. Did you did you get to use the partner carrier yeah. for hazmat? It was, uh,
2: it was dangerous goods. It was three units. Uh, I just shipped it alongside the rest. Uh, uh, with the rest I, of my FBA shipment.
1: I think if it's hazmat, it has to go through the post office. I believe. I don't. I don't know if that's still a thing, but like they wouldn't let you use uh carry like the the carrier discounted rates. So. If I, I went through inventory
2: labs, they set, they gave me the partner rate, and then I literally just went to UPS
1: and dropped it off at the main hub. And maybe they changed it then. I don't know. I know UPS won't pick it up. Because um, it's
2: hazmat. Yeah, but USPS will. But I know they're getting more strict on that anyway,
1: so it'll be even harder to get into the program. Yeah, I I think I've been like, I think I've applied for like, I've applied like six months ago, and still I have not heard back.
0: Yeah, I just looked at that. I got the email on the twentieth, right? And
2: uh... this guy was driving, and he took a screenshot of his phone and sent it to me. He's like, "Is this it?" Like, I don't know. I can't read the email.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it just says pending Amazon action. So I don't know. Maybe they'll look at them.
2: They'd be like, you're too late. We're not letting you in. I don't know
0: what they're doing.
1: And I'll take your spot.
0: <laughs> Dude, there's really good hazmat leads, though. Like, really profitable.
1: Yeah, there's a lot.
0: <laughs>
1: How many have had to pass on because it's hazmat?
0: Yeah, exactly.
2: Yeah, same. Very annoying. <laughs> there were these, um, those little Glade refills, like GLAD or Glade or whatever refills, they go... You can buy them for like a dollar or two and sell them for like seven, eight bucks as small and light, make like two, three dollars profit.
1: Yeah, and there's a lot of fragrance too that like perfume and stuff that does well. Yeah. It's hazmat. It's very annoying.
2: I was selling um Lysol. I was FBMing them. I caught it on a price glitch where I bought like 40 cases at $7 per case. And they re, they were retailing for like $120 at the time per case. So I just sell them for like a hundred bucks profit like 50 bucks on each.
1: That's insane. Yeah, I've never I, gotten into like the price errors. I know there's like Discords that will drop like price errors. I don't know if I'm in either. one of them. I, I'm a modern one of them. Is it that one that's um hurricanes or is or is it another one? This one this one's actually called price errors. <laughs> oh really? Huh? <laughs> plug all three of us are in there actually do you actually buy a lot of stuff like monthly from that
2: uh not a lot but it helps me learn what to look for in terms of what's a markdown versus like a price here
1: oh yeah i mean if it's if it's like 75 percent off when it shouldn't be then obviously but
2: yeah sometimes it's just a full
1: send and do they ever like cancel your orders For price.
2: Yeah, that'll happen all the time, but what there's a lot of things you can do to like make that in your benefit, I guess. You can take advantage of those cancels as well.
0: And uh just earlier this year, like I got like fifteen thousand dollars worth of arcade machines for like literally like two grand, dude. It was insane. And they Uh, actually they shipped
1: the Walmart thing. Target had something like I was like when I was starting um it was like keurigs were like 15 dollars and like oh, they can't they can't it was like last year they oh they i remember like, that there was like furniture going like a full yeah. set of furniture going for like 30 bucks i was like what
2: i think that was like november or december of 2021
1: or 2020 yeah, yeah it was last year and they they just canceled everything i was so mad
2: yeah people were ordering for shipping and they all got canceled but there were some people who
1: did uh pick up
2: pick up yeah and if you got there in time, you could have gotten it.
1: That's crazy. Yeah, it was like microwaves for like 10 bucks. It was ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, people are still flipping PS5s two years later. So, yeah. I flipped one PS5. <laughs> but that is it. Matt's going like this in his head right now. Let me spit some It like, <laughs> It's just the weirdest experience with like Facebook Marketplace. Remember yeah. I don't know. It was just not worth the time. I think I made like 150 bucks off of it, but like Jeez. just how it's many people I had to deal with that were like either trying to scam me or um, just saying is it available and then ghosting me. Dude, it's crazy. Out
0: of you for reselling.
1: <laughs> right
2: uh, right on release, I was able to get like three units and then I just sold them to StockX straight up for like a grand
1: each. Damn. Dude, yeah, and then, then there's, there's.
0: everybody like, was-
1: there's, like, those PS5 groups, too, still doing, like, still giving you, like, money just ca- oh, cash for your PS5, too. I oh, that.
2: cash out groups? Yeah, they're still, cash out they're still around, today.
1: yeah.
2: Yeah. I, cash out Kings actually got hacked recently, I heard. Oh, really? I don't I haven't validated it, but,
1: but it's insane how much money those guys have. Just from, yeah, they're getting everyone's PS5s and selling it for, like, way more on eBay or whatever. Is that what they're doing?
2: No, the uh, I think some of them ship it overseas to places oh, like Dubai, no, and okay. then they sell it over there. Because what they do is they just put it in pallets and they just, I don't know how they transport is... it, but it's gotta be boat or something.
1: Yeah, some some kind of bulk shipping. It's
2: insane. There's a lot of there's a lot of like random resale trends that happened to me before I landed on Amazon.
1: Yeah, I never had, like, any resell, like, prior to Amazon. Like, I, I just sold stuff on eBay that I had around the house, and that was it. Like, if I just didn't want this jersey anymore or whatever, I was like, all right, I'm just just sell it.
2: Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think I lack that ability to make a product listing on eBay to where it will actually sell. Even though what I would do at the end was I would just kind of go to the product page that I bought it from, just copy-paste the entire description and paste it.
1: Yeah, that's pretty much what I would do. But it's, it's kind of a pain in the ass to do it. Creating everything. What What's up?
0: Compared, compared to Amazon, everything just sells slower, I feel like, on
1: uh, eBay. 100%. I mean, there's Wait, like 25% of the customer base. Yeah. It list. depends
2: on what you sell. Like, if you're part of these Discord groups, like the cook groups, the items that they're flipping, you'll probably get a bigger profit margin. But on Amazon, with the volume, your ROI is higher.
1: Well yeah, there's like niche stuff because like I would do like you know, go to like garage sales and stuff and like Mm -hmm. obviously you can't find like a mug or something on Amazon, like some random collectible. Yeah, like yeah, but that's what that's what I did a lot with eBay. The margins were absurd. Probably like 10xing my money on like everything I bought.
2: Yeah, like although it takes a little bit longer to sell, it's worth it.
1: Yeah, well if you don't have the money. Like, if let's say you're a college kid with a thousand dollars, you can literally just walk to any estate sale if you just Google it. Like, there's estate sales every weekend or garage sales or whatever, and there's mm-hmm. just literally gold lying around on the floor. It's, it's insane. I think I made like five grand just just from that that stuff flipping books from garage sales and stuff, and just buying random random shit. Like, it's absurd. People don't know what their stuff is worth. <laughs>
2: Hey, uh, Travis, what was your first item you sold on Amazon? Do you remember?
3: Um, you know what? It was probably during the COVID days, like the height of COVID, and it had to be Dollar General hair clippers. I think that's what it was.
2: Interesting. I remember...
3: <laughs> Back when All the barbershops were closed, and everybody had to cut oh, their right. hair at home. Yeah, I was I was one of those jagoffs where I buy it for like ten bucks at Dollar General and sell for thirty on Amazon.
2: Hey, whatever you got to do, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was selling uh Cronus Zens. <laughs> They're like these little zims that you plug into like your console or your PC, and it gives you aim assist.
1: Yeah, I sold one of those from eBay. So I did a little eBay to <laughs> Amazon flips as well. Like yeah. earlier in the year. I mean, it's it's a little dangerous because you're playing with fire. If you don't have a receipt or anything, you don't know if it's authentic or not. Yeah. Also, like I bought like a video game and someone uh resealed the video game. Luckily, I didn't get like <laughs> screwed for that. It wasn't new, and they just resealed. Like I didn't even notice. They just rewrapped it. <laughs> so, so messed up. <laughs> you know what I was doing? I was
2: uh I was botting Amazon, and I bought like 500 of them from Amazon UK, and they shipped it overseas. But the guy who delivered it, the dumbass, he <laughs> left it out. He left the box in the rain. Oh,
1: so, it destroyed them all. So
2: it destroyed them all. So I had to return them. So I'm like, what was the point? Yeah. But the funny thing is, people were buying them at like whatever 60 percent markup. But if you just Google Crona Zen, the second link on the results would show you in stock. But the first site, I don't know if it was fake or not, but it would show out of stock. So I was just buying. With the, another bot on the second site i would just have yeah. it on a loop
1: people were making so much money on the cronuses i remember because i was in a discord like starting out and everyone was talking about the cronuses i didn't no idea what it was <laughs> i didn't even take advantage of it that, i don't even remember how... how i
2: found it i just kind of like had it one day and i'm like all right let's just see what it, how it
1: goes yeah and they sell like crazy like as soon as it checked in it was gone I was Did selling these
0: no? What's up? You guys get in on chlorine last year or two
1: years ago? You know, I started at the end, the tail end of the chlorine. Gotcha. Dude, so I still wish on
0: patio heaters too.
1: But yeah, people literally built empires off chlorine. Like it, Dude, set, for real. it set them up to you know actually have like a crazy scalable business because they probably made like twenty grand just off the chlorine.
0: Oh my no god.
2: My only concern would be shipping, because like, if you ship it and then tablets break, the customers can be like, "What the hell?"
1: Well, people had a bunch of violations. I believe people lost money for like, cause I, there's some kind of rule on shipping it. And I forgot. Somebody like lost like a few few thousand dollars because he was pushing it heavy. Isn't it? Is it considered hazmat? Because over like, a certain I
3: quality, so. I think it is.
1: Yeah, because they had like three different the, sizes. That was the violation, maybe. Yeah. But yeah. It cost them a shitload of money. Because people were just buying the tubs. And I
2: think there was at least two or three different sizes of those tubs. And if you ship the big one, you would hit that quantity limit.
3: Right. But then if you sold the little single package discs, you're not really making any money once you do ship them. So yeah. you got to find a happy medium there.
2: It's true. But I mean, I feel like the people who were buying in bulk, they probably figured out the formula anyway.
3: No doubt. I mean, you can get the clearances, too, as long as you know how to to properly package and label everything. You shouldn't have any issues shipping.
2: I had no idea about how to ship hazmat. Like, Travis, you were the one who actually told me how to check.
3: <laughs> that's the only because I had to do that at my job. So that's the only reason I learned. And it's still hit or miss sometimes. Like, it's really hard to get into a real deal uh, hazmat class.
2: Yeah, there but was, you, you don't understand how much you helped me because uh, what's it called? Everything I've shipped that was hazmat, like when I go to UPS to drop it off, they actually mm-hmm. they ask they ask me for the SDS, and I always have it. I wouldn't have known. It. Yeah. And that happens more often than you think.
3: Oh, we're always getting stuff stopped because of missing paperwork, and the SDS is usually the culprit. Yeah. So good on you for including that.
2: And I still tell people all the time too, because a lot of people are they kind of stray away from hazmat and like dangerous kids um, because all they know is FBA. But now that we're in like a Q4 standard a little bit with um, FBM, we should give the green light to kind of educate people on how to ship that
1: stuff. For sure. <clears throat> yeah. Well, I mean, it's not that challenging to ship that stuff FBM. I mean, don't you just slap the the danger, danger the thing yeah. on it?
2: so there's a there's a different um oh if it's a
1: battery then you have to put the battery and then if there's like different classifications
2: spray. so depending on what dangerous goods right depending on what kind of size the battery is there's different classifications for what kind of dangerous good it is
1: yeah. And i
2: think they have different stickers for that um so you have to look at like the safety documentation for that um if you're shipping something like lysol like i was you just ship like the quantity limit which is like that diamond
1: yeah the diamond that's that's what i was because i shipped hairspray before on ebay mm-hmm. and yeah printed it out online i mean you could just print it to a thermal printer or whatever it's not yeah too, too that's why you out. do
2: it as well but that's what like uh matt and i were researching like a couple weeks back because we were freaking out because we had to ship some dangerous good stuff
3: <laughs> that's great for limited quantities and as far as batteries go the regular alkaline batteries that you put in your kids toys they you don't have to put anything on those boxes you can just ship those um when it comes to hazmats, when you get into lithium ion and metal, and we could break that down in in another episode if we wanted to. Yeah.
2: Yeah. It's good for, it's like, a, it's good for newcomers. Right. Which is what we'll be geared towards.
0: So what is your... Uh... I know we talked about this uh, a couple of days ago. What is your percent of uh, clothing that you said you were doing now? I know you've said you dropped down a little
1: bit. Yeah, so, I mean, when you're selling clothing, it's going to have a lot of returns. But there's, there's like, I mean, there's negatives and positives to every single category. You know, I mean, there's less risk of tanking with clothing because, um, you know, variations kind of steer people away from it. But yeah, I was getting hit with a lot of returns. I kind of systemized it to where i would look at it on an itemized basement so like if you have inventory lab um you can check your refunds and you can also check your like ace and profitability so i was looking at that to see which one had like the most refunds which one like what what was destroying my margin certain shoes have um like mid-sizing issues let's say like it's a half size it fits like a half size big and then people will return it because you know, you can't try it on with Amazon, so and returns so easy, so people will just order it, and then yeah, I guess hit with a lot of returns for specific asins that just you know had a high return rate. So I kind of got rid of those, and you know there was a lot of like things I was going heavy on, so I kind of got apparel down from about sixty percent of my business to about forty percent now, and I mean also I noticed a lot of apparel was tanking as well. So it's like, all right, we got to make a little bit of an adjustment. I mean, that's the whole thing is adapting with your business. Every, you're going to have to adapt every, you know, every month or every few months. So yeah, started to get more into beauty, even though, uh, I mean, that's how I kind of started with beauty. So I already knew what I was doing. But you know, I told my VAs to go a little heavier with beauty and added more household stuff. So yeah, it's 40% apparel now. I mean, i think it was at like 30 percent last month but christmas is coming around so it might just be worth it to take that risk
0: oh yeah it's gonna sell right so might as well maybe we're gonna get some you know go get them for gifts or whatever
1: yeah i mean most of it will just go back in your inventory that's returned but they do hit you with a lot of uh refund fees or whatever and then return fees it's like there's a lot of like nickel and dime That's why I like checking your inventory lab report helps a lot to see what you're getting charged for. So yeah, I was getting hit with a lot of those administration fees and stuff. And that made me realize that I have to raise my margins for apparel and my profit as well. So like I want like at least like $5, $6 profit. It's pretty easy to find with apparel products. So
2: yeah, I think uh, at some point, uh, they might even deactivate whatever listing that is because the if you get too many returns, I think there's like a negative customer experience
1: related to it. Yeah, I had that happen to me. I bought a, a sock that was it looked like, I don't know, it's like a sock size size and a shoe size. Yeah. And I bought the sock size, but the listings are the shoe size. So I didn't put two and two together that it was different. Oh, okay. And yeah, I got slapped with like a bunch of returns Is like what is going on. They blocked yeah. it, but it doesn't. It doesn't affect your account health or anything.
2: Yeah, so, it's just like a what's it called? Because they just want you to. They just want you to remediate it.
1: Yeah, they just want you to fix the situation, and that's that's all I care about. That I removed it, and now we're, we're fine. Yeah. yeah. Like I look at my account health, and it's like
2: it doesn't go up or down ever, regardless of what happens.
1: Yeah. No, I'll get an IP complaint, and then it will stay the same. But I don't know if like, if you get a few, maybe it'll. Will start to go down but good thing we have tools to prevent that
2: or at least steps to prevent that
1: yeah sometimes it's a first for <laughs> everything though Well, they'll, they'll first time they'll complain or whatever
2: i had a unique situation where i was selling these Nespresso pods and the guy the other guy in the listing he lived in israel and he was drop shipping um and he had a buddy of his two buddies order the product as expedited shipping. And then they filed a counterfeit against me. And then I saw the email and it was coming from a Gmail. So I just went into the app. I contacted Amazon support. I started yelling at them. I'm like, don't you guys like vet this stuff? (laughs) And it was gone the next day.
1: No, they they don't. (laughs) I've seen like someone get like an email from like Gmail where it's like an IP complaint. Like a company is not giving you an IP complaint with the Gmail address.
2: And the funny thing is, you say these facts and they're still dumbfounded by the fact that this is happening. Like they don't understand it. So they'll just create a case yeah. and they'll wait for like the American team to handle it.
1: Yeah. You have to treat them like they're seventh graders. That's, Basically. That's, like you have to break everything down. Very like, you know, simple. Yeah. I used to work, I used
2: to work in a support role, but I would, own, I would help employees and I would have to treat the employees like fifth graders. Like I had one dude, where I asked to restart the computer and he restarted the monitor. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, bad. you have to like highlight all your invoices if you're like submitting something for uh, whatever. Like yeah. Counterfeit will automatically, as long as you have the invoice, usually it, you don't even need to highlight it. But like, what's that IP complaint? Like highlight. Yeah. Or even on gating, highlight the thing just because they will not put two and two together until look there. That's a- that's a great idea. And it, it kind of brings me back to
2: what uh, Matt was saying like 10 minutes ago about how much how it could get harder on gate as we progress forward. So, highlighting the important information when you're submitting someone might just approve you because you save them some time.
1: No, it does help. I I forgot to do that when my last on gate, but yeah, I mean it's especially if there's multiple products on the on the invoice yeah they won't even know which one to look at like this is the wrong brand or whatever they'll look at the
2: first line and they'll just assume that's the one that you're submitting for i oh i had a weird one where i submitted a target invoice and it was a pdf file and i get a response back saying this is ineligible like illegible yeah illegible like they couldn't read it
1: i'm like dude it's a pdf <laughs> i don't know Seller support's weird. I'm scared to, like, call them or whatever. It's just, like... Oh, I call them all the time. It's just easier to get
2: things done on the phone for me.
1: No, nah, yeah. Well, you can get... Now, that I like how they have the, the account health line. So, like, you actually... When you call that line, you speak to an American, which is a little bit relieving. Now I have to speak to someone from, like, India who barely speaks English. Dude, I know the feeling. Like, I've had people...
2: I've called Amazon at night at like 10 o'clock or midnight and I'll get like the Indian team and they'll just hang up on me.
1: I have to call them soon because I have to change my address. And I'm like sitting there
2: like, come on, I'm your people.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, yeah, because they like for certain things, if you change your bank account or or your address, you have to call them first. Yeah. And hopefully when I call them to change the address, they actually understand what I'm saying. <laughs> don't don't. Cause I've heard people like not call them and get suspended. If you change your address or, or I I got my account locked out cause I changed my bank account.
2: Oh yeah. I
1: should have called them first, but yeah. Cause they thought like someone was trying to like, I mean, it's an automated thing though. I mean, I actually called the American line once mm-hmm. and asked them about the, the, bank account thing and they're like oh it's it's it comes at random like sometimes they'll just think it's fraud and and uh, lock your account so I assumed I didn't have to call so I just did it and then yeah and then my account got locked out for like 30 minutes I was freaking out but that's so
2: strange I had a buddy of mine he had like five figures in cash out waiting for him on seller central but he activated the express payout and it locked his entire like cash out system
1: yeah, if if you're changing your bank account, like make sure you have cash flow on lock at that point cuz or your payouts far away cuz it took me like almost like 2 weeks to get my pay like payout because they well my account got locked. Then I had to make the bank account, add the bank account again. But they but before I added it again, they're like, "Oh, we have to contact our higher up support and then they're going to let us know what 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 the issue is and what happened." And they contacted me like a week later. So my, my thing was frozen for a week, like my payouts. That's, that's so strange. And then it's another three days when you add the bank account because they, it's like an auto procedure where they'll lock it for three days, I believe.
2: I wonder what the criteria is that, for that is because I just changed my bank account like I'd say
1: three or four weeks ago and I never had any issues. Never had any issues. I think it's like very random. But yeah, it's... Well, they just thought it was like a scam or something. Could have been because my it was my business bank account, and I'm not exactly sure why. It's
2: like that specific date that you said. Screw this person right here.
1: No, it's happened to like multiple people, and then yeah, somebody got my friend got suspended for like a day because he changed his address. <laughs> I remember like. When I first
2: when I hit my like my first issue like whether it was like a counterfeit claim or like a refund or like a return, like in the beginning I would freak out, but now I'm just like so numb to it. I'm just like whatever happens happens.
1: Yeah, I mean like people if you get suspended, there's so many services that can help you get back back up and running. Yeah, yeah, it sucks to lose your account for like a couple of weeks or whatever, like two weeks. Yeah,
2: just gives you more time to source, I guess.
1: Well, they're also being more. Um, like I heard they're doing something if your account has been in good standing, then we they give you like, su- like uh, suspension prevention or something like that. Like as long as you resolve the situation within like a timely manner or whatever. It hasn't been un- enrolled yet, but I saw something about like that, at the last Amazon event. So that's good news. They, I think they really like responding to what people are saying because you know, you can get your account locked out at any yeah. time or whatever and it's it's kind of like scary. Makes it, you know, frustrating. Do you ever go on like the
2: Solid Central forums?
1: Like yeah, on people site? are like, I try to stay away from them because people are like so like like they don't even think arbitrage is a thing on the forums. <laughs> like those people those, are literally the most back tw- Yeah, people.
2: they're so miserable. They're always just complaining about like fees. Yeah, and like that's all why I'm, like, so. I'm
1: not. Yeah, it's like it's a pity parade over there. I'm not going into that. It always makes me wonder, like. So
2: you know how like the Amazon seller Twitter space is there, like you have all these people <laughs> and we have all these tools. I always wonder like, we're such a small majority of sellers on Amazon. Like how many of these people are actually using like tools
1: or are these no, like, actually there's like, like someone said there's like a statistic of how many people actually use Keepa. And I think it's like half. I don't know. I'm not sure the exact number, but it's something like that. Like half, only half the people use Keepa and it's literally like the Bible to selling on Amazon, which is crazy. Yeah. So
2: like I know there's like other people at least in like what's it called North America, there's probably like most people are probably using Keepa Selleramp, and I know, he what is it called Helium Ten Tactical Arbitrage. I always wonder about like the UK and stuff.
1: Yeah, I wonder if like those Chinese sellers are are using. <laughs> I don't think they're using Keepa.
2: <laughs> no, they're just selling like fake stuff to get your info, basically. Because if you ever look at like their store names, they were created like fifteen days
1: ago. Yeah, because they all get shut down in like a month.
2: Yeah, and they're all in the same district or whatever. It's crazy. What are you looking at, Matt? You're staring at your screen very Uh, intently.
0: They must have a different. Yeah, I'm looking at the Discord. They must have like a different uh, authentication process than what we have. I was thinking about now a lot of our new guys. They have to go through like a, you know.
2: Face to face.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah, they're making it harder now, which is kind of good. You know Not For it. people who've already made the jump. But yeah, I mean it's only gonna get harder and harder. So if, if you're like if you haven't started yet, then like get going because they're just gonna make more and more restrictions.
2: Yeah. And the momentum's just going up and up. So
1: I mean at the end of the day they want sellers who are legitimate. And you know, have been doing it for long enough to not make, you know, stupid mistakes and stuff like that. So that's why your advantage comes in if the earlier you get in.
2: Yeah, plus it only takes like five, five, ten minutes to make an account. Yeah.
1: But yeah, I mean I'm sure they can add, you know, new restrictions or whatever just because, you know, there's too many sellers or whatever, they wanna try to make it harder well it's amazon they can just do whatever they want at this point i guess yeah i mean the the video was probably just another barrier of entry i don't know what else they can do i feel like they started that because of the tiktok influx maybe people just made accounts and never did anything that could be true too but i mean i don't see why they would add additional restrictions
2: for that because at that point they're just raking in free 40 dollars per month
1: yeah I don't know. I think Amazon kind of just wants, like I said before, they want people who are, you know, know what they're doing and not are going to not going to make stupid mistakes. Like that's the thing. I mean,
2: yeah. I mean, a lot of it, if you think about it, Amazon is about kind of putting yourself out there, right? Because it exposes a lot of, a lot of your information if people choose to go visit your storefront. So they have to verify that you're a real person, first of all,
1: Yeah, of course.
2: Like on eBay, you can hide behind your username.
1: Yeah, well, that's just to make sure people don't make multiple accounts, probably under the same address and whatever. Yeah. But yeah, you could always make another account if you made like a separate LLC under like. Yeah,
2: I, I think there's this um there's this accountant on Twitter, I'm sure we've all seen him, um but he made like he said he had like. So 20 accounts at one point. Who was it? Uh, I don't remember. I, I can't Potter. remember. Yeah,
1: that guy. Yeah. Yeah. That, he's my accountant now. <laughs> oh, yeah. You like him? Yeah. Yeah. He's a really nice guy. I haven't done the setup process yet, but he's going to be my bookkeeper and he's going to do my taxes as well. So. Wow. Yeah. I mean, he's he's got a really good operation going over there that I like did one call with them. They seem very legit. And. Oh, yeah. He's been in the space.
2: Probably longer than I've been born.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. And like, I mean, they also, yeah, he's been in the space. He knows e-commerce. He definitely knows yeah. the advantages to, you know, taxes and whatnot. So, yeah, what best
2: I, move. I remember listening to a podcast where he was saying how he initially started with drop shipping, and then he had like an entire team where they were all going to the stores and like kind of like VAs and he would just give them like SKUs and they would just clear the shelves. In their respective oh, areas,
1: there was so much less competition back then too. So he was probably raking in, <laughs> like the only guy doing that.
2: Yeah, I mean he's intense, but he's very knowledgeable.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, he's a really nice guy, as well.
0: No, do you do any RA at all? Like, is
1: this... no, I used to do like pickups. I did RA. Like I, did, I did like Lego clearance like year like a year ago. Like I haven't done RA, I haven't gone into. A, door for RA and I don't know months remember so much easier and more scalable to just order online and have it either sent to your door or to a prep center so yeah I mean
2: plus if you're in a store and like if you're in an area like I am like in upstate New York you go somewhere we don't have signal you can't even use Celeram.
1: yeah that too I mean I don't know it's it's just like strange going into a store and like walking away with like 50 bottles of ketchup or whatever, something random. Like, it just, I don't know. You're in a, you're in a perfect
2: balance where you could walk into a store and not look at things and be like, Hmm, I can sell this for this much. And instead you can be like, "Hmm, I need this on my shopping list.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I I would, I would have moments where I was going to like the grocery store and like, (laughs) This was like early on, but like I, like, I was like, oh, I could definitely flip that. And like, I scanned like something. It was like, it was like this Buffalo Bills like cereal with Josh Allen on the cover. And I flipped like a 50 of them or something. Just, I just walked out of there each time with like 30, 30 boxes of cereal they brought. They'd be like, I oh crazy. my God. It was like an only thing you could only get in Buffalo. So like, people were ordering it on eBay and stuff. So yeah, I sold a ton of those. That was kind of my first like RA. Ordeal, other than like scanning books.
3: How long ago was that? Hmm? How long ago was that? How long that was during ago?
1: last football season, so it was probably like October. Yeah.
3: You said you I can only going, imagine. I can only imagine what they go for now.
1: I have one I could check. Um, it was going for like twenty bucks, and I bought it for like four. Like it was a little expensive to ship because it's cereal, <laughs> right? It's like Still, I probably almost doubled my money on like every single unit, especially if they bought multiple.
3: that's are the actually, best sales. It's his cereal. Like he made a cereal.
1: Uh, it's it's like a Wegman's brand where Josh's Jags. Josh, yeah, Josh's Jags. That's it. Yeah,
3: it's like thirty-five to sixty dollars right now. I
1: should have held them. <laughs> <with those>. <laughs> <laughs> Double my money. What's the shelf life on those? I, don't know, I gotta check the expiration date.
3: <laughs> How many people are actually just buying the box?
1: No, they're probably just keeping it in their house. Like, right? It's going down. An it's, it's, it's in my room as like a decoration, just because it's cool, <laughs> like a collectible. That's what I tell people. Like on Amazon,
2: they're always wondering like whether or not they should sell something, and I'm like. People go to Amazon to buy the weirdest stuff, like never count anything
1: out. <laughs> oh, yeah. I've sold the, like everything from each end of the spectrum. It's crazy. But yeah, you'd be surprised what you can flip. I
2: sold some fly swatters, like the electric ones. <laughs> I bought them for like five bucks and sold them oh. for like 20.
0: RA, right, huh? RA right, is different, dude.
2: Dude, I hate RA, but, like, because, like, I got to rip the stickers off, then I got to put the stickers on, and then I put that the That, too, I had to
1: get, like, a removable thing. It was, I don't know. Goo Gone is my best friend. Goo yeah, I, I had Goo Gone.
2: Yeah. And um, I use a hairdryer.
3: I love when you buy online and they come in with security tags still on them.
2: Oh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I've had that happen before. It's annoying this is guy on Twitter named Uncle Sam. That happens to him all the time with his hats.
1: Especially, oh, yeah. Yeah, I know. He does like eBay flips too. Yeah, he does eBay, Amazon, Poshmark. Yeah, he's doing, like hype stuff. Have you seen his
2: garage? He has a three-car garage and he has a bin system in there with like 150 bins. It's just his inventory.
1: It's crazy. He's yeah, doing, doing mostly like, apparel. Like a lot of no- like, like high-level numbers too with the eBay. It's crazy. Well from what it looks like it looks like he's doing
2: majority um what's it called apparel if not all I'm sure yeah, he has some it's a lot flips. Of, like
1: hype releases for like hats and whatever Yeah. He
2: buys like the discounted
1: uh gift cards and all that stuff. Yeah, someone told me that he bought like Fanatics Fanatics gift cards for like 15% off discount.
2: Yeah. Well, there's a what's it called there's there's a website called Simply Shopee or something. They're on Twitter Simplify shopping. They sell Fanatics gift cards for $85, but they're worth 100
1: Yeah. If you get a good deal on gift, like I do it a little bit too with Bed Bath & Beyond, discounted gift cards, that's yeah. a lot. You stack it with 20% off, you get a pretty good deal. So, Yeah, you get the
2: disc, you, plus if you buy with the credit card, you get that cash back. <laughs> then if you have like Rakuten or whatever your yeah. choice is...
0: Oh, did you know about that crazy uh, Bed Bath & Beyond glitch, like, two weeks ago?
1: No, it happened.
0: Dude, that's why all those gift cards, like, have you been buying those recently?
1: I just bought one today, and it was, like, 12%. Is that why?
0: Yeah, dude, it's because they're a way to get unlimited uh, gift cards.
1: No way. So, that's why. I was like, why is these? Why are these raised? Yeah, the yeah. raised discounted gift card was, like, 12%. Yeah. I was like, holy, like, that's insane. i are just so. trying
0: to get... Yeah, dude, there was a guy with a balance of 20K. Like, he had a one gift dude, card.
1: Bad Bath Beyond is, like, the most disastrous company on the planet. <laughs> they, yeah. They're going to actually crumble. <laughs> they're, they're losing money with gift cards. Like, oh, my God. Their like, so many, people, uh,
0: so many people cashed out on, like, $600 vacuums and stuff. Like, getting tons of them. It was crazy.
1: Yeah, it's a great site for reselling, but they are an, a disastrous company yeah uh, don't they cancel a lot no not at- i've only i've ordered so much from there and i don't i've only gotten a couple cancellations they actually revoked so you know how they have the beyond membership <laughs> like the plus thing yeah they revoked it from me they were like oh you have patterns of reselling so they <laughs> i mean i already like made like an insane roi on that because it's 29 dollars for the year and i've spent thousands of dollars there so to get 20 percent off every single thing yeah. I mean, you know what?
2: I never understood, like, it. why does it matter if you're a reseller? If anything, they should be catering more towards resellers and having, like, a separate marketplace for us.
1: Yeah, they could. Well, the thing about Bed Bath & Beyond is they're doing, like, a business side. So that's yeah, but the. Take. But think Hopefully about it like don't this, right? not my orders anymore.
2: What? <laughs> think about it like this, right? Because if they've set a price, they've already and somebody buys that price, they've already reached their established margin.
1: Yeah, I think it's more about, like, stock-related issues, and, like, Target's all about, like, catering to the community or something, so they don't want to. Uh,
2: so it's more about a, I guess it's more about, like, a steady flow of, of stock where you can cater to, like, well, yeah, 10, they don't 10, want 10 someone 10
1: customers. to buy out all the stock, I think, is the biggest thing.
2: Yeah, that's what, you know, that's one of my tricks for another site that I use. Um, if they have, like, 100 quantity left, I'll buy, like, 80 at least 20 for everybody else. <laughs>
1: <laughs> just, you know, scraps for everyone else
2: I never get cancelled that way
1: yeah I mean I think it's also just because some people abuse like returns and stuff so like if you buy something and make the mistake like yeah. it's kind of why
0: Nike's getting so strict on their policy yeah I've,
1: I think I've only returned like one thing ever from Nike and I've spent a lot of money there so they actually don't mess up orders which is crazy like they're pretty good with it So many of these sites mess up orders and send, like, a hat that's, like, got, like, dirt all over it or whatever. It's crazy. Oh, uh,
2: Matt, remember when I got all those garbage bags? Yeah. Yeah. So what I did was I ordered, like, 100 units of something from Home Depot. uh, And it was supposed to get, it was supposed to arrive on a pallet. So, But somebody messed up at the warehouse, and instead of sending me 100 units of what I wanted, they sent me a 1,000 pounds of garbage bags on a pallet. Jesus. And so I carried all of it upstairs because I have no elevator. <laughs> so I was carrying five boxes at a time.
0: How many how many did you end up
2: with? Uh I didn't count. It uh what's it called? The freight thing said over uh, like 1050 pound 58 pounds. But uh, I kept I kept like 10 boxes anyway. But I re- I re- I got a full refund. They came and picked it up and I kept some of the boxes and and i got I got like a twenty percent discount on my next order because i could have i could have refused uh what they call delivery, but I knew I could get away with the discount if I called support yeah, right on. So, so right okay. now I have like three discounts available Joee
0: so I was gonna ask you about uh my two shoes like uh you ever get shoes that come in like with holes or anything in them? Like, how do you handle that? Because i you know, I'm taking clothing now myself. So, like, how do you handle stuff that doesn't come in perfect?
1: Wait, what did you say? It comes with holes? Yeah,
2: yeah. holes, like defects.
1: Oh, defects. Boxes. Yeah, I mean, you just gotta re- return it. Sometimes they'll send stuff without a box, and then you know, so they want a box. So you either gotta get replacement shoe boxes, but I've learned that like it's not a good idea to sell it with replacement shoe boxes because the way amazon customers are they want it like perfect so
2: i got like one bad bad
1: review that was saying like oh he shipped it in a he shipped it in a replacement shoe box like it wasn't even a real box get it crossed off because it's fba but yeah it's 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 annoying but yeah that i mean i haven't really got any defects or anything um
0: like i don't know like three or four pairs of shoes like i don't know if it's just luck or what like out of 40 pairs like two or three have like holes in them and stuff i was like wow that's crazy it's just i think it's more um more because like they ship them in like quantities of like six or seven like per box so Mm -hmm. maybe it's probably out of their hands right it's probably the shipping
2: companies if there's no damage to the box right just the shoe
1: well, yeah. If the shoe, if the box is damaged, it's not that big of a deal. But if the shoe is messed up, then you just gotta return it, I guess.
2: No, I'm wondering because, like, what if during shipment something fell on it and like poked it through? But I mean, you could finesse that into a discount. I did that with Dick's Sporting Goods a few times.
1: The shoe or the box is messed up? No,
0: it's just the box. You see? like Just right there.
1: Depends on what kind of shoe that is. It's a Jordan, so it might be a problem. Yeah. yeah, if it's a pair of Jordans, you might run into some issues. Well, what if you could just ask for a replacement instead of returning it and then do an exchange or something?
0: Well, they gave it to me for free. I was just curious. Like, oh, <laughs>
1: I mean, I was saying like damaged box, nothing with like a hole in it, though.
0: No, I gotcha. Yeah, that was pretty bad. The other one's not.
1: not yeah, because a cool. customer
2: and Amazon can make a lot of assumptions. I just thought you were saying
1: that. that the shoe had a hole in it. I was like, what? Oh. <laughs> Never had that happen. <laughs>
0: <laughs> not that bad. <laughs> yeah, that'd, that'd be crazy.
1: But... It's a weird world. guys want to wrap this up yeah it's yeah so, yeah i think that's a good idea
0: all right guys appreciate everybody for coming out um and giving this podcast a watch um appreciate uh joe travis and minaj for making it out tonight uh, this will be uploaded we're gonna have a section in server for you know just um where we're gonna store these little seminars um, podcast, whatever you want to call it. Um, we will have that in server, so just uh go there. We'll put them up on the YouTube channel. Um, Joe will be probably taking some out of this and posting on his socials. Go check him out. Um, Adam Azan Asens, um, Minad- Twitter,
1: IG, and At- TikTok. I was just it- plugging the socials. <laughs> <laughs> I'll plug the socials.
0: You want to plug some stuff? Go ahead and then forgotten as well.
1: I'll plug them in when
2: I actually have something real to plug. <laughs> okay.
0: All right, fellas. Well, hey, appreciate you guys for coming out tonight. Hopefully uh, you all in FBA Central enjoy this pod. Have a good one.
1: See you guys. See you guys in the next one.
0: Later, guys.